If you've been paying attention over the past several years, uh, you know that mental health has been quite an issue that's come to surface. And a lot of people are talking about it. Awareness has certainly been raised around the topic. Um, it's one of those things that a lot of people are paying a lot more attention to, thankfully, because it seems to be like another pandemic that's happening. A uh, quick story for you. Uh, Jenny was a 21-year-old college student who wanted to end it all. She had recently attempted suicide by an overdose of pills, but fortunately her roommate found her in the nick of time. After she was resuscitated, Jenny was admitted to the ICU and was then transferred to the inpatient psychiatric facility for further evaluation and management. When asked about her medical history, Jenny cried uncontrollably, explaining that since she was 13 years old, she had struggled with a severe eating disorder and significant fatigue. Once she was stable, a psychiatrist evaluated Jenny and prescribed multiple medications. Sadly, none of it helped. After considering Jenny's issues with chronic fatigue, the psychiatrist suspected that Jenny might have a sleep disorder. So he referred Jenny to your clinic. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Bajoy John is with me here today to talk about a very serious topic uh, that may be easily solved by just treating sleep. She just needed more rest. Is that the case with Jenny when she came to see you? It's uh, interesting, uh, uh, Jim. Sleep and anxiety and depression, they all go together. Mm -hmm. So it's a bi-directional relationship. So if you are anxious or if you're depressed, you're going to have poor sleep. And if you have poor sleep, you're going to be more anxious, you're going to be more depressed. So this is called a bi-directional relationship. So I am trying to shed some light into this, uh, you know, this condition, especially in young young children uh, like Jenny. Jenny's, uh, you know, situation was much more interesting. She had a pretty uh, significant um, sleep condition called narcolepsy. Mm. She has been suffering from that for 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 a few years so this is a condition where you are you are uncontrollably sleepy during the day you have sleep attacks and then sometimes you might be talking and you can just fall down like a deck of cards that's mm -hmm. called the cataplexy so uh, she was diagnosed that she was lazy she was diagnosed that she was depressed she was diagnosed with uh, you know anxiety she has seen you know many doctors uh, you know uh, and many specialists but then it was finally the psychiatrist who started treating her for, he got more history and she was being tired. Mm -hmm. And and of the medicines that were tried, you know, the medicine that to combat sleepiness helped. So that's when he thought, uh, you know, she has a sleep problem. Mm -hmm. And then we did the testing. And then, of course, she had, uh, you know, narcolepsy. Uh, not many situations are like this extreme. But for me personally, when a child less than 20 or 20 he's having a sleep problem that's a serious condition mm -hmm. i consider that a cry for help because children are usually not good communicators right so they're not able to tell what the problem is you know you have children and then having grown up the best part of your life when you sleep better is till 20 you know sound sleep you couldn't care about anything as life happens you don't sleep well mm -hmm. but so anybody who's you know, less than 20 have a sleep problem. We just have to take a pause. We have to have a timeout and say, what is causing this child not to sleep? Is it they're, they're pursuing some big goals or they have, you know, anxiety, they have depression. We have to take a timeout and 
reassess. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been seeing many, many young children in my clinic with not poor sleep. I said, I have to get this message for parents because there's underlying anxiety, you know, depression or other psychological reasons why the child is not sleeping. So a lot of that has to come down to with just the notion of getting, I mean, if sleep could really solve the problem then of this pandemic. Is that, I mean, especially keeping people off the, the drugs that they take and stuff like that. So your approach is a lot more holistic. Correct. So first I have to see why are they not sleeping, right. you know? Uh, because when I see a young person in my clinic and for a sleep problem, I know there's an underlying reason. Because mm -hmm. your sleep pattern is from a child, from an infant to 20 years is the best sleep you're ever going to have. Mm -hmm. Every decade you sleep gets worse. Less and less. So I have to ask the question mark, why is this child not sleeping? You know? Uh, so it's usually, uh, usually anxiety or depression in, in the child. And it increases and amplifies the less sleep you get. Correct. And a lot of people say, well, I'm a night owl. Yes. Is that just an excuse that I just want to stay up late or should they try and be more disciplined? Because you mentioned in other episodes that your sleep should happen between 10 and 6. Correct. Um, whether you're a night owl or not, try and get to bed at between 10 and 6. So know? children, you know, should sleep at least 9 to 10 hours. You right. know, adults roughly, you know, I get the ask question. It's between 6 and 8. And by children, you mean up to age 18? 18. I'll, I'll go up to 20, okay. you know, because college life is a little different. Right. So right. for sure till 18. Once to college is totally different because so <clears> many, <throat> you know, classes, extracurricular activities. And they so, lose sleep and they increase, correct. they have sleep debt. Correct. That uh, they get a payback. Yeah, so right. uh, I'm going to refer to 18. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you don't sleep, you lose an hour by being on the phone or staying out. If you take a week, in seven days, you have seven hours of sleep. That's an entire night of sleeping, yeah, not, yeah. Of not sleeping. So that's called that you're accumulating the sleep debt. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, like we talked before uh, in my previous episode, how sleep is so important for learning, memory, and organization. It's so important for academics. Mm. So, uh, you know, poor performance, uh, um, you know, is, um, in school is a big reason. So I'd imagine that even though you're, you're accumulating the sleep debt, this is, it's like a, a kind of a new concept. I've never heard it put that way up until we started recording these episodes. There's no way to just reset the button. So if you get four hours or five hours of sleep the previous night, you go for eight the next night, there's the reset button does not hit. No, you're accumulating. You're, you're on chronic sleep debt. Oh, wow. So then that adds into, you know, fatigue, tiredness, and then sometimes you overcompensate and then you sleep longer. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, my own children, uh, when, you know, when they are in college, when they come home for vacation, um, uh, in like holidays for Christmas, New Year or Thanksgiving, they sleep a long time. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to make up the sleep debt, which they have accumulated for the past few weeks or few months. Yeah. So same thing in younger children, you know, by, by staying up late and they're going to bed late, you know, you talked about being a night owl. That is actually, the, there is a genuine condition called, you know, a night owl or it's a circadian rhythm problem. Mm -hmm. You know, your clock's moved forward, forward or delayed sleep phase. But in children, it is a behavioral problem. It is because of your uh, social life, especially being on the phone a lot. So mm -hmm. you are compromising on your sleep. Uh, and of course, the hormones at teenage years push your clock anyway forward. And then that's fine for Friday night and Saturday night. But Monday night come, mon you know, or Monday morning comes, you have to go to school and you're tired. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, in school, did you ever pull all-nighters? 
Of course, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's part of the reason I wrote the book. Why my struggle with my insomnia because of yeah. the competitive and the struggle uh, that I had to do. Right. So in 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 the in the in the 80s and early 90s when I was in training, we never talked about all this. Yeah. And you know, we used to stay up uh, in, in residency and fellowship for 36 hours oh, straight. Uh, you know, but now fortunately there are many more many more regulations about how long a physicians can stay up. You know, in residency training. The importance training. of sleep has Correct. certainly been made yes. made aware. Yes. Well, thank gosh. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, uh, uh, it's almost like a flywheel. As you were talking, I thought about the analogy of it being like a flywheel. When you have so much sleep debt accumulated, you're getting that flywheel going. And once a flywheel gets going, it's tough to stop. Um, think about all the other things that you are now susceptible to. Your, your weakness increases, right? Um, you're more susceptible to illness, uh, taking on uh, bacteria. Your body's not able to fight off fight things off. Um, you know, your mental acuity goes down. Mm. You're more susceptible to bad news. And, and, you know, news in general that we hear these days is generally bad and drama-filled anyway. Uh, and I always encourage people to avoid it. And I call it marinating their mind in good stuff. And this right now, what we're talking about is good stuff. You know, um, a lot of the things I, I would imagine, especially for some, I remember, you know, being 18, 19, 20 years old, keeping up with your friends, making sure you're you're kind of uh, running alongside them into the wee hours of the night. There's a little bit of a pride aspect when it comes to that because sometimes you just need to say, man, I just need to go to bed. Correct. You know, I just need to lay down. I know that for myself, we'll be out in the backyard and my wife and I will be watching TV. And I just get up and I go, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's she's a, like, what? Yeah, it's nine o'clock. Like, try to follow your body. You know, the body is telling you something, <laughs> yeah. you know, but we try to push ourselves with taking caffeine yeah. and, you know, uh, and then, you know, all over the counter stuff to, you know, push ourselves. So, uh, you know, mental health and sleep is, you know, the important message that I'm trying to share here is it's, it, it goes together. Yeah. So if you can fix sleep by following the, you know, seven sleep strategies that I discussed, you can improve your mental health. Mm -hmm. So, so once you get control of your sleep, you can, you know, and then everything kind of, uh, you know, turns better. Well, I mean, uh, it's also paying attention to what you're exposing your your mind to. Uh, social media not helping, typically. Correct. Uh, especially with the advent of um, what we've touched on upon in another episode, hustle culture. Correct. Uh, working, 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 and you know the whole sleep. Uh, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yes. Mentality. Yeah, you're gonna. Be, I would say to them, you you will. Yeah. You know, we know yeah. now. You will die. De death will come a lot sooner than Correct. you want. Yes. Yeah. And you won't achieve a lot of the things that you want to do. Just guys, just get you know, find a way at at best to get sleep. And in those seven steps, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the uh, seven steps that you lay out, because um, uh, uh, a lot of people. Well, that's great. Um, how do I get to sleep? That's that's a big problem as well, which we addressed in a lot of other episodes as well. But some of these seven proven sleep strategies, how do they play into this? So, uh, you know, schedule is important. Your bedroom has to be like friendly mm -hmm. and comfortable. And then electronics. I am a big proponent of limiting electronics. In my own household, when my children were with me, we had a basket and they put their phones by 9 p.m. They're done. Mm-hmm. And then they go to bed by 9.30 and they still thank me that they have still the control. They are, you know, uh, my son's working, my daughter is still in, in graduate school, but they are, they still thank me for the discipline that you can put an end to it. You can put, you can control it. Mm 
So I was still paying their bills, so I had the control. So if it's a simple thing, you you keep it and in unplug. Mm. So you from 9:30 on, children need, you know, to they should sleep till 6:30, in nine hours of sleep mm -hmm. to be ready for the next day. So that's important. Calming your mind down. First step is the phone, you know, and also calming your body, you know, because you you exercise late in the you know night, sports that that's that uh, revs up, uh, you know the the cortisol and all the hormones that rev you up. You can't sleep, so that's very important. And keep your sleep very uh, simple, you know, mm -hmm. doing this, doing that. Um, you know, I'm I'm for meditating music, but you you wear a phone too, you know. Uh, you listen to meditating music on your phone close to your bed and there's a ding that mm -hmm. happens. So I tell to, you know, people when you calm your mind, keep it away from your bed, you know, mm -hmm. keep your phone away, then finish all that and then come back to, uh, you know, come back to bed. And it reminds me of an earlier episode. You mentioned sleep guilt. Uh, I believe that's what you called it. Sleep, sleep anxiety. Anxiety. So because you say, Hey, sleep, will it come to me? You're so nervous. And that going to, that's going to, Affect your quality of sleep. And the apps that you can download, it's, it's you get anxious because, oh my gosh, my quality of sleep went down. What's good? It's like watching the stock market day Correct. to day. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Stress out. So, <laughs> so I, I tell, you know, all my clients mm. to take away all the gadgets out of you, uh, keep it away. A couple of nights to see where you are is good to see your general uh, sleep pattern, but wearing it every day and overanalyzing and ruminating over, over that is going to affect your uh, sleep even worse off. Uh, is uh, like the psychiatry community talking about this? Are they more aware of starting with, okay, how are you sleeping? Does that Correct. Seem to it's be a lot of awareness. Uh, uh, you know, the, the manual that classifies the, you know, the diseases recently said a separate term called comorbid insomnia. Mm. So it's commonly called COMISA, C-O-M-I-S-A. Before uh, they thought, you know, they were together, but now it's called comorbid. That means sleep problem and mental health problem can exist together. Yeah. So before they thought it was just one. So these are core morbid. They're separate conditions, but each feeding into each other. You know, it's and the, the challenge of trying to fall asleep is, is a big one. Uh, easier said than done. A lot of people are out there might be thinking right now. Um, I, rem I recall a couple of times in my life where I couldn't fall asleep. And I've always heard, you know, old maid's tale or mother's tale, if you will, of uh, drinking warm milk. And believe it or not, it would knock me out. It worked like a charm every time. Is that anything like other, like similar to that that you recommend as well? Or, so, I mean, not, not like a, you know, an, an entire glass, but, yes. you know, a quarter glass or something. That's an interesting question. Uh, so everybody's life, even my own experience that I you know, shared in, in my book is about when you start something new, there's always going to be stress. Yeah. So I dedicate time called the wor you know, worrying time. You need to take a time before like seven or eight to do all your bills, do whatever you need to do. Life happens to all of us. Yeah. Schedule that time uh, before at least two hours prior to going to sleep. Because then you're done. If you're not able to be done, you don't take it to your bed. You mm -hmm. say tomorrow, I'm going to address that. You know, I'm going to do what I can. You know, like the famous saying, do what's needed and then do what's possible. Suddenly you're doing the impossible. So do what's needed. Hey, I need to pay this bill. It's done. 
So rest of the things you can wait, you know, deal with it the next day. And I work with a lot of my colleagues uh, in the mental health field, psychologists, psychiatrists. So we share a lot of patients together in open communication. And they have really, really helped to address. And, and more and more, like you asked, are they aware of this problem? Absolutely. They do screen for uh, sleep problems uh, in their psychiatric visits. Well, there you go. There you have it. If you have any more questions or want more information, go to sleepfixacademy.com. There's more podcast episodes like this to kind of touch upon the topics. And there's also courses that you can take, from what I understand. Correct. Uh, to uh, better understand uh, your how what you're going through and everything. And, of course, if you even want to book an appointment with Dr. Bajoy John, that's also an opportunity as well. Yes, and there is, uh, you know, there are downloadable forms that you can fill to see your sleep quality. You know, you can just literally see. I've identified a lot of problems by, um, you know, folks filling that and seeing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's the sleep journal. And then also have a sleep assessment tool that you can see you really have a sleep problem. So once you have those, then you can, you know, you are uh, armed to do what you need to do. So then to identify some of the problems and try to work on it. Yeah. If you're suffering with any of these ailments, I implore you, check it out, sleepfixacademy.com.